it's also good to have the plans clear so that your contractor knows what's to be built. Because amazingly, yes, we have seen this, people don't always believe that a building department will approve a set of plans that can't be built. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for episode 41 of the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. With me as always is the president and founder of Landmark Home and Land Company, a company which has been helping people build their new homes where they want, exactly as they want, nationwide and worldwide since 1993. That man is Steve Tuma. Steve, how's it going, buddy? Hey, excellent. It's another great day helping people design homes and build homes. <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> and it's always busy. You guys are really busy over there at Landmark. Yeah, but it's it's a good time. It's kind of neat running into, a, you know, and helping customers figure out different things that they want to build, where they want to build, how they want to build it, how it works in a budget, how it fits on land. And, right. You know, then there's always building departments and they're, you know, <laughs> working around their parameters as well. Always something. So I thought today we'd jump into some questions that have come our way regarding uh, issues that uh, often arise during the design and building phases of a panelized home building project. You good with that? Yeah, I probably have a few ideas. <laughs> awesome. So to start with, yeah, give us a, uh, some background. What are some of the issues that you and your customers have had dealing with uh, building departments? I, I don't necessarily mean like, you know, major uh, uh uh, sort of, um, you know, the kind of issues that would stop a project. But, I mean, just some of the basic issues that people run into. Well, you bring something up there because stopping a project, it's building department's not there to stop it. They're just they're there to make sure that it, you know, meets codes, is safe, and, you know, works well in the community. But mm -hmm. the what what's interesting is a lot of people come to us to – for the help of getting through the building department, understanding what goes on, what they need, you know, when they say something, what what does that interpret to? And mm -hmm. and some building departments are very good at communicating what they want. Other building departments are exceptionally bad. You know, so they can vary where they're at. It really runs into the the way that the that building department decides to communicate. So in some places, uh, first of all, we contact the building department on any of our customers' projects to see what's required. But some building departments will say things like, well, just get me plans, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, that's an interesting one, plans. You just want <laughs> floor plans, electric, plumbing, mechanical, mm -hmm. energy, what is it? And then others will give you a list of two, three, four hundred items saying, we need this, we need this. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting. The nice thing about it is we can work with any of them. Right. And, and go through, we've got the experience, we talk the same language, so we can go through and figure out what what the situation is that a, that a building department needs. So it's, it's really just finding out what they need, how it applies to them. Because we're, we're all under a code when you're building that covers the nation. Mm -hmm. It's that application of the code to your building site and your building department's interpretation of that code that that can be interesting. A lot of people will say, "Hey, how can you engineer a house in Florida? How can you do one in Washington? Don't you have to be there?" Well, there's no geographic limitation on the knowledge of knowing a code. Mm -hmm. You could be on the other side of the world and know the code for Arkansas, you know, for for example. Right. So, the key to it is kind of understanding the application for for what's happening. So, Let's just say you take a state like uh, California, just because it's so varied. 
you know, there, there's high mountain communities, there's low desert communities, there's ocean communities, there's cities, there's flat rural land. That same code that we're in will apply differently. Mm-hmm. So if you built a house in a desert on a flat piece of land, the energy codes are going to be different, the foundation would be different, and and, and variety of other things than if you took that same kind of house design and put it in a mountain, uh, say around Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Same house, different application. Lake Tahoe is going to have some big snow load considerations, different green things, and there's also different things in the community, TARPA, that, that will affect its design. So the key to it is kind of understanding what needs to be done in an area and apply it to the building department's requests to make sure it's put together. Now, we go a little bit more. Sometimes, you know, what a building department requests is important. Well, it's also good to have the plans clear so that your contractor knows what's to be built. Because amazingly, yes, we have seen this, People don't always believe that a building department will approve a set of plans that can't be built. People have sent us plans like that. So we're believers in making sure sets of plans that meet the code, you know, go through, get approved by the building department, but also are buildable are important. Mm-hmm. That's a key thing. That's a, that's a, that's a very important component of what we're able to do. We We consider our plans to be a communication method between us, our customer, the building department and the contractor, and then whoever else may be involved with the, uh, the home. So uh, the issues in building, dealing with the building department, yes, are basically just be understanding what they need. We have the knowledge base to, to work with them and, and get it taken care of. Mm-hmm. All of our plans get approved. Some well, take a little more work than others, but we make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, as long as it happens eventually. But, you know, you hear people talk about, some people say, well, building departments in smaller rural areas or smaller towns are harder to deal with. And some people say, oh, don't deal with, let's say, Los Angeles County, they're impossible kind of thing. I, I, it seems like it's just a matter of whatever you're building and who you're dealing with. Right. Well, sometimes what we found in the smaller building departments is, um, they're they're simpler in their requirements, and they're not always as detailed. So mm-hmm. they'll say, "Hey, we want this." Then you turn it in. And they're like, "Well, we also need this, this, and this." Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. We can supply it. It's just interesting that we we don't always. Do you get anticipate that, that? Do you always go in going in? They're probably going to want something else, so we're ready for it. Or do you just wait till it happens? We pretty much anticipate it mm-hmm. because we we've got a system where we've helped customers build all over the country. In all different types of building departments, you know, so we we have an understanding of what's there. And like we say, it's not just satisfy the building inspector or the, the building plan checker. It's also make sure that the plans are accurate so people know what to build. Mm-hmm. Because building departments will ask for their specific components of what they want. Well, that doesn't encompass the whole universe of situations that may arise. Right. Buildings are generally looking for safety. They're, you know, there there's other components to safety. You know, there does it look good? Does it make sense? Will the contractor understand this? You know, that that type of stuff that that we work with as as well. well so, the, it seems to me like uh what you're saying is your building departments don't always make it all that clear up front as to the requirements and you just have to to be ready when applying for your permit that there may be other questions aside from the initial uh, when you hand in the plans. That, that's exactly uh, 
the case. And in defense of the building department, sometimes one question leads to another. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, hey, provide this, you provide this, and then it leads to another situation. So um, we have the knowledge to to sort that out. We have an understanding of of how to, to, to do different situations like this. So if a building department communicates clearly or doesn't, mm-hmm. we're able to do it. We've just done so many plans and uh, our panelized home projects that we we kind of understand the gist of what they're going for. Well, it's it's that's one thing. Uh, one of the reasons people call Landmark and work with Landmark is because you guys have the experience. Experience is everything, I think, in any in, in any aspect of anything you're doing. Well, it's it's uh, experience is very important, but also with the changing codes, being resilient and open minded, uh, right? Yeah. To to you know approaching that and saying, hey, this kind of does make sense. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of new. It's a little bit of a curveball, but the energy codes are the classic example. They're in some parts of the country they're tightening up tremendously mm-hmm. fundamentally it makes sense no one likes paying the power company or gas company <laughs> right so let, let's do something to make sure the house is designed better mm-hmm. to 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 minimize what you have to pay yeah you mentioned curveballs just now <laughs> so what if i'm thrown a curveball what if what if uh building department throws me a curveball i i don't know anything about what they're asking landmark is uh, there to help me through that stuff i would hope well, that, that's exactly what we do, because what, what might be a curveball to one of our customers who hasn't done this or maybe built one or two or five homes, to us, it's probably something that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. So um, in our in our situations, we've, we've got all the different engineers and, you know, gurus, as I call them, that would have understandings of, of what goes on. So we're pretty much able to deal with anything that gets thrown to us, if for some reason you have that really unique, awfully strange you know, leading edge building department that just comes up with their own ideas. We're, we're fully capable of calling them, talking to them, figuring it out and, and working through it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to demonize building departments. They're actually can do a pretty good job, but it's a situation where, you know, we, we communicate with them and understand the language. And like I say, we've, we've had enough experience and understand the, the gist of, of what they're getting at. So Mm -hmm. we're able to, to talk to them and, and uh, and make something happen. I always throw anecdotal things at you, but I really think that it, it helps us as potential builders to to see some of the off the wall or sort of different things people have had to go through. It kind of it kind of prepares us, I think, emotionally for anything that might happen. So, if you don't mind, uh, get, give us an interesting anecdote about uh, a building site that was particularly challenging to a landmark and to the customer. Well. It's what's interesting is every building site has its challenges. Mm-hmm. Even if you take a simple lot, you know, a flat lot with, you know, no real issues about it, sometimes the building site poses a challenge. Maybe what the customer needs to have happen on the building site is there. They need a certain access or they want a certain design or they want a certain view. So sometimes even on simple, you know, theoretically a simple house and a simple lot, there's something that has to be worked through. Just as much as if you were on a very complex home and a complex building site mm-hmm. in a complex uh, jurisdiction where the building departments are, are just sticklers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've got a variety of different stories about that. But one thing which is becoming this – is, this is very interesting – is a lot of places are mandating solar. 
So you figure, hey, you just put solar, face your house south, put some solar panels on the roof right. or on some stands on the side of the house. Yeah. And then you get a customer from Humboldt County, which has 200-foot trees on their yard. And it's uh -huh. like, how does the sun get through? So you're going to have these beautiful and expensive solar panels. <laughs> you, you go through and you figure out, okay, the state's mandated this. How, get out the chainsaw. How, 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 yeah, well, exactly. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, so it's kind of like, okay, you want solar, but we're going to hurt the environment. So right. now there's a lot of situations of people who want solar orienting the house right. Right. Making sure the design of the home is right if they're going to put the panels on the roof mm -hmm. or there's enough space on the site. So as people get into these uh, renewable energies, they throw little issues here that get deeper in, into, uh, you know, just deeper design, a little bit more thinking. We're able to get through all of them, but that's, that's a situation. There's other situations where uh, people are building on the sides of hills. Or mountains, and they want to have certain access. Like, okay, I, I love this design. Let's put it on the side of a hill. Mm -hmm. Then you got to figure out, well, how do you get the driveway up there? How do you get the <laughs> how do you get the car up there? You know, or they'll say, hey, I, I want this, but how do I know that I'm going to have a view of this mountain range? Mm -hmm. You know, di different uh, details like that. Um, there's other challenges. You know, sometimes you think, hey, you know, what's the challenge of a building site? You think of the land and the house. Sometimes there's use issues. If if someone's got some mobility restrictions or other restrictions, um, you know, we could work on those details. There's also situations where um, the way family lives for economic reasons, health reasons, whatever it is, laying out a design mm -hmm. so that the, the home flows. So... It, it can get pretty interesting and, and tell you the truth, a lot of fun mm -hmm. sorting out how we can get into different uh, scenarios and match the customer's wants with the site, the house, the codes, you know, and other concerns that 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 may come into uh, to play. Mm -hmm. Lately, though, it's been people uh, with views. They want to make sure that they've got the prime view they they spent time finding a piece of land or it's a retirement property or, or whatever, uh, whatever it is. And then in, in some of the beach communities, sometimes these lots are a little smaller and they want to put the biggest house on it. So you're, you're designing a house and, you know, how can we make it an inch bigger? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but either way, those are fun challenges that are, uh, you know, we just jump on and, and enjoy. Right. Uh, I, I imagine you've, you've helped customers, uh, design some pretty unique homes i mean you and i have driven around before and we've seen some pretty cool houses and then we go what about that driveway what what happened there yeah <laughs> so, exactly so um but uh is is there a story about a unique design that you've helped a customer just make it work for the situation when when they just couldn't figure out what they want or how to make what they want work there's been a lot of situations. Sometimes it's designs. Sometimes it's the financial restriction, but they still want a certain design. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the land doesn't allow for a design or the design exactly um, the, the way it is. There's a lot of people getting into ADUs, granny units, guest houses. Mm -hmm. So what will happen in a situation like that, we were working on one in uh, San Diego where – they, in this particular unit, they could have 1,200 square feet of living space. Mm -hmm. Not 1,201, <laughs> but the family didn't want 1,199. It was literally 1,200. 
So we worked through to figure out a floor plan that worked extremely well for them, mm. pitched a little bit of roof, made a little steeper, put some lofts up there so they could kind of sneak some extra space because it wasn't counted as livable square footage. And we were then able to maximize this exactly 1,200 square foot home mm-hmm. to, to fit on their land, to have a view across a, a little pond that they had and a view view of a mountain range. So that's happening a lot as people get into these, um, as, as they call them, ADUs, additional dwelling units, granny units, guest houses in different parts because – you know, in-laws are, you know, the grandparents are moving in, the kids are moving back in, um, home offices, you know, what, whatever the, the scenario might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've worked with a lot of equestrian properties. Oh, right. Yeah. Where, where people want to have, it's not just a house, it's the lifestyle of the house. And amazingly, the lifestyle of the human house seems to be secondary to the home for the horses. So... So we've worked in a lot of situations to make sure that the 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 floor plan of the house works uh, for for people that are in the horses. There's tack rooms in some of these houses. There are little washup rooms where where you walk through. Um, other unique situations: historic communities, homeowners associations, or different regulatory bodies that have very distinct guidelines. We're working with some now where they're trying to match a, a certain historic look of this community. So it's they don't really get into what the floor plan is, but they want to know the siding's a certain size, it has a certain shade profile, mm-hmm. that the eaves are certain ways, porches are certain ways, so that if you were to walk through this community, you might not be able to tell the 100-year-old home from the new home. Obviously, there'll be differences. It's shinier, it's new, but, you know, the the features of it. So mm-hmm. we, we've run into a, a lot of situations there with helping. And then, amazingly, people building on islands. Wow, that'd be cool. Yeah, so you're you're figuring out, you know, how, how do you design this? How do you work with a certain, you know, green situations that might be there? Slope lots, restricted lots. Most people that are living on these islands are doing it because of beautiful views off their front yard. So they're mixing views with family get-togethers, which with where do I put my kayak and my canoe. So there, there's a lot of neat uh, design elements that, that are going on into it. I don't know that we have like 10 or 20 hours to go over it, but I can just go <laughs> on and on right. with with cool things that, that we've uh, helped people, you know, do different things. Uh, people putting different studios in art studios in their home offices and then working within a, uh, you know, the certain footprint or a restricted uh, budget or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So we, we can do it. Uh, I'm hearing more and more about uh, more and more regions in the country um, uh, talking about energy codes. And that seems to be something becoming much more prevalent than it was say 10 years ago. Uh, the energy, does that, does that just mean putting more insulation into your home or what are energy codes? Why are they interesting? Why do I need to know about them? Well, the basic line is, I think the world is trying to conserve energy. Mm -hmm. Cost of energy is going up. And also my opinion is a more energy efficient home is more comfortable to be in. Mm -hmm. If you have a home with the right windows and the right insulation, the temperature is going to be more even. You're not necessarily going to have hot and cold spots as long as your heating and cooling systems are designed right. Mm. But 
it is kind of interesting. Most people say when it's energy codes are like, well, I just put a lot of insulation in. Well, that's part of it. Right. A lot of it is also the electric usage, the types of bulbs, the types of switches. You'll notice it going in a commercial places where people probably see it the most is bathrooms in a, in a lot of uh, the big commercial buildings is they'll have occupancy sensors. You Mm. have to turn the light on, but Mm. when you leave, it turns the light off. Oh, or different it. timers and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. so that someone doesn't walk into a bathroom, leave a light on, and leave, and then, you know, light's on for however long mm-hmm. before anyone um, uses it. So a lot of it is in, in the, uh, you know, lights, insulation, windows, the design of your heating, ventilation, uh, cooling systems, a lot of those details put together. And we can even get deeper into it if someone wants to get an organic design or see how the orientation of their sun, of the sun affects the, the heating and cooling. So it's not always like a mechanical or, or a, you know, a physical thing like, like uh, insulation. It could be where do you put a porch? How big is your overhang? Mm-hmm. Where do you put the house on the land you know, to take advantage of winter sun and minimize the summer sun? Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's a little bit of work up front, but it's well worth it in the long run. Um, but, yeah, you asked why they're becoming more prevalent. I think people are concerned about their energy bills. Well, that makes know. sense. And in certain areas, you know, there's brownouts or different concerns uh, or power outages. People want to people wanna know that, you know, they, they could still operate in their home properly. You had, you, you had talked about, like, um, an example, like bathrooms where, you you know, it's on a sort of timer or a sensor where it goes out. It's almost like a lot of people are bringing uh, things that have been standard in industrial, like public bathrooms, restaurants, things like that, is now coming. Even, like, some people are asking to put urinals in their bathrooms, things oh, like yeah. that. So I'm noticing that it's uh, yeah. a lot of stuff that's been standard in more industrial and businesses is coming into the home now, which I find interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of associate that. You know, the a big business, you know, an office building, a big box store. Mm-hmm. That's open many hours with a lot of people. So if they can cut a nickel here and a dime there and a dollar there, it, it allows them to run a, a better business. And that's that's filtering down now to, to the houses where the cost of those switches, the availability, the understanding of of different details like mm-hmm. that is there. There's also been a tremendous progress in different insulation process and products, understanding of those products and and how they're used and this is this is the key thing i think a little earlier today we were talking about building departments well some building departments do not ask about energy efficiency Mm -hmm. which we think is interesting because that's a bill that people seem to get every month you know some type of utility bill so we suggest hey let's make sure your house is energy efficient just because your building department doesn't worry about it, because they're worried more about safety in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's no reason that we can't help someone work through the process. It's simple for us to do. We have the system set up. Yeah. Um, zoning is another thing I kind of wanted to get into today. You know, zoning issues or something. Like that. Most of us don't just don't think about it, um, but I'm sure you run into it all the time. And there must be situations where you've had to help a customer fit a home on a on a lot with some serious zoning challenges. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be different zonings for different types of units, multifamily, single family, where we're looking at more as, you know, the, the actual restrictions of the zoning, mm-hmm. um, where they'll say, hey, you need to have a certain setback. 
you know, where the front of your house hit is before the front lot. And that's so much on each side lot and so much on the rear lot. We're running into more building departments that interpret where these setbacks are too. Um, They have different interpretations. So some of them will say it's to the outside of your finish. So your siding. Mm -hmm. So if someone says, hey, I've got a, a 20 by 40 ranch home. 40 feet wide and that, that's going to bump right up to my lot line well suddenly if you put brick on it mm-hmm. the house is theoretically eight inches wider you you could have just gone over and there's a setback right so we've got to make sure that all the finishing details fit there if, if you're in a tighter lot some building departments go to the edge of the architectural finish like the outside of the siding or the outside of the brick others will go to the overhang We've even run a couple that say the farthest protrusion. So if you put gutters on your overhang, you're you're suddenly you're four inches farther. So there's a lot of little details like that. Another thing that we're really coming into is different interpretations of how you calculate the height of a home. Mm-hmm. So someone could say, Steve, what's the big deal? You know, I've got this house. It's a ranch home from the ground to the peak of the roof is 15 feet. You know, my building department says 20 feet is fine, so I work. We're running into building departments that take the height calculation from the grade prior to disturbance to the peak of the roof. So if you're on the side of a hill and someone's moving some soil around, it's not where your soil ends up being. It's where your soil, where your grade started. Oh, right, yeah. We've run into situations where they take the average of the four corners. We've run into situations where they've take the average of the midpoint of the gate, the highest gable on each side. So um, height restrictions, how they, how they calculate it, things like that have really, really um, affected some designs and we've really got to pay attention to it, to it up front. Right. You know, it seems like we all think about the fun stuff of designing and building a home. I mean, of course it's just human nature. The stuff that we really enjoy is the stuff we're going to put the most time into. Um, but we rarely think about the the nuts and bolts, not so sexy parts of building, you know, plumbing or electric or, or, or heating and air conditioning design. Um, you know, we want to think about building our, our, our man caves and our kitchens and bathrooms and our family rooms and garages and all that stuff. But the, what, what's, what are some of the mechanical designs that, that um, you guys have had to maybe even had to push on people or say, Hey, you need to spend some time thinking about this. You know, you don't just turn a faucet on and water comes out. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of builders, they want to spend a lot of time on the kind of cool parts of the house, but they don't think about these, uh, these very important other aspects of building. Right. It, it is interesting. And more and more building departments are asking us to do electrical engineering, plumbing design, verify the size of pipes, uh, for water and gas, um, and and it it is kind of interesting. And if if you look at today's world, you know you you go somewhere. There's all these different electronics that are being plugged in. There's big TVs, even though they're more energy efficient. There's big refrigerators. Mm-hmm. There's people we have that are uh, we have customers that are they have their own wood shops or welding shops, right. things that take power, right. or they they go through and they uh, um 
you know, they restore cars or, or have different projects or, or pottery sheds that need certain lighting. I mean, you can't just plug into a regular wall socket when you're dead. <laughs> well, you can. It's how many times are you plugging into it? That, that's, that's the that's the issue that uh, that that this that this all uh, works out to be. So. Right. Yeah, so people will go through and say, oh, I'm going to have this beautiful kitchen, and we're just going to entertain, and we're going to have this and that. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes we've got to make sure the building department will ask us or we suggest to the person, say, hey, let's make sure that all the electric works. Right. We're getting more people putting elevators in houses. Well, that's cool. You know, they take certain power. You need to make sure that everything's there. You don't you don't want to, you know, jump in your elevator and push the button and suddenly all the lights in your house dim. Right. You know, so that's uh that's something where where we can work with if a customer desires it or or the um the building department dictates that something like that goes because people are just getting more active the way they they work, you know, they've they've got grills, outside gas grills that are connected, you know, piped into their gas system. Well, you don't just want to turn your grill on to find out that your hot water tank is going to find out that your stove is going and suddenly there's not enough gas coming through mm-hmm. to service those items. So, uh, yeah, it's not as cool as sitting back and talking about your man cave, but making sure that your man cave works is, <laughs> is what I, what I'm suggesting, you know, making sure that when you're turning on your 120 inch TV and you got the air <laughs> conditioning going and your big stereo going and your fish tank, you know, mm-hmm. with, with everything to make sure that, you know, there's enough juice to, to, to make it work. Mm-hmm. And that that's for water, that's for sewage, that's for uh, electric, gas piping. And, uh, you know, we're, we're able to, to take care of those details. Oh, and also, there's also new changes. A lot of people are going to mini-split uh, heating and air conditioning systems. They're a mm-hmm. lot easier to use, mm-hmm. a lot easier to control temperatures in different rooms. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that that's kind of like that thing that no one thinks no one thinks about until it doesn't work exactly right so we say hey let's look at it now to to make sure that it works well a lot of great info as always today that's um yeah i i I walk away always from these podcasts learning something new today i think i learned a hundred new things so uh well that's going to do it for us today but before we go steve as is our usual habit let's uh tell the listeners how to get a hold of you guys over at landmark land and home and land company Uh, best way is take a look at our website it's uh the initials of the company company's landmark home and land company Mm -hmm. but it's l h l c dot com lhlc.com you can look at our website there's uh there's these podcasts there's videos there's different discussions on how we can help there's plan selections and you could contact us through there you can also just call us 800-830-9788 you can also well i mentioned the website already Mm -hmm. you can send us an email you can email me directly at landmark at lhlc.com we're very responsive we're on top of it we'll we'll answer your call if for some reason you do get a voicemail we will call you back right away that that's a key we're we're very attentive to it and then we're also on uh youtube facebook instagram pinterest and and twitter for for people that that look at it the bottom line is we're available we want to help you with your project and and uh, we want to enjoy the process of helping people get get the best house they can. Cool. And give us the website one more time. We'll just drill it into everybody. LHLC.com. Perfect.
Okay, so for Steve Tuma and myself, we want to thank you again for listening to the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. Be safe out there, everyone, and we will see you next time. Happy home building. (laughs) 